the rare disease community is inspirational, brave, and empowering. Welcome to Insightful Moments, My Vibe, from PTC Therapeutics. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to PTC's Insightful Moments, My Vibe, where we're elevating the voices of people within the rare disease community to inspire, inform, and comfort. My name is Emily Heinz, and I'm the Global Clinical Patient Engagement Liaison at PTC Therapeutics. Recently, we attended the Friedrichs Ataxia Symposium, hosted by the Friedrichs Ataxia Research Alliance and Children's Hospital of Philadelphia in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Here, I spoke to a number of people who are affected by Friedrichs Ataxia. Friedrichs Ataxia, or FA, is a rare, inherited, degenerative disease that damages the spinal cord, peripheral nerves, and the cerebellum, causing movement issues as well as other related symptoms. Today, we'll share some of the stories we heard, focusing on two guests in the FA community. We'll give these guests a platform to speak about their journeys, how they've turned advocacy into action, and so much more. We begin our conversation today with Jennifer, who was diagnosed with FA at age 17 in 1990. The best advice she ever got was from her neurologist, who told her, don't let FA hold you back. And she's taken that advice to heart, writing a book about her journey, which she hopes will help the next generation of those who are diagnosed with FA. Well, Jennifer, I first wanted to thank you so much for joining us here today at PTC's Insightful Moments, My Vibe podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'd love to just start off by learning a little bit about who you are and, and telling the listeners about you. So I grew up in Wisconsin. I was diagnosed with Friedrich's ataxia when I was 17. I just turned 50. So it was uh, 1990 when I was diagnosed and they knew much less about the disease that they do now. And I moved to San Diego in 2001 and that's where I've lived ever since. Very nice. For someone that's listening that maybe has never heard of the words Friedrich's ataxia or, or doesn't know what that is, how do you explain it to someone who doesn't know what it is? Well, I basically say ataxia is a loss of balance and coordination. And Friedrich's is just named after the guy who <laughs> figured out what it was. So... It's basically just a loss of balance and coordination over time. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very great explanation of something that can seem pretty complicated. Yeah. That's very straightforward. Uh, Can you explain a little bit about how your diagnostic process went? And does that look similar or different than what it would look like today? I hope it would look a lot different. My diagnosis wasn't horrible. It didn't take that long. I've heard of it taking a lot longer for people, 
But for me, it took a little over a year and it involved a lot of needles, which I hate, <laughs> and some pretty painful and traumatizing moments for me as well. Mm-hmm. And now it's like a blood test. Right. <laughs> so I'm not really sure anymore if it's as simple as a blood test. I think some people still go through some of the same diagnostic tests. But yeah. And can you give us some insight into, you know, maybe what were some of those symptoms back then that started the diagnostic process or looking for a diagnosis? Well, I didn't really start to notice something consistently happening until I was about 16. But looking back, I probably had difficulty since I was five. I had a lot of bladder control issues. Mm. I was just a klutz, very, very accident prone and things like that. And I had scoliosis. And I was diagnosed with that when I was 13. So it was still a few years later when I noticed, like, my handwriting started deteriorating and I was having trouble holding on to things or dropping things and just walking in a straight line was a challenge. Thank you for providing some insights into what seems like a lot of different symptoms that people experience. Yeah. So you shared about your diagnostic journey and how science has moved that diagnostic journey. What are some words that you would say to parents or to individuals that were recently diagnosed with Friedrich's ataxia? Well, I would say don't believe the hype. (laughs) Looking it up can be a really scary experience. Even when in 1990, obviously, we didn't have the internet. But my mom got me some pages from a medical dictionary. And there wasn't a lot there, but what was there was really scary. Mm -hmm. But I can definitely say the best advice I got was from my neurologist who diagnosed me. He told me that I shouldn't let F.A. hold me back from my life. Like, I should just keep on living like anyone else and let things happen. So he, I believe he gave me a choice. Mm -hmm. Like, you could go on with your life, just keep moving forward, or you could sit and... Think about all the stuff that could happen. I love that of, you know, not letting F.A. stop someone, you know. Yes. Continue to set goals and to reach for those goals. Yeah. That's great. When we're at events like this and we hear about treatments that have been approved and research that's being done, 
you know, how does that make you feel? And, and to the any words for the researchers that are studying FA? Well, honestly, I never thought I'd see a day when there was ever anything to be done. So I think the research that is being done is incredibly important. And it's just been really amazing and nice to see people who understand, even though FA is is rare, that it's worth looking into and the research can help so many other diseases Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, definitely. Tell us a little bit about the FA community and how you got involved and how would you describe it to someone? Well, I was a little hesitant to get involved with the community for a myriad of reasons. So I I knew about Farah because when I moved to San Diego, I met somebody else with F.A. And his mom was very involved in F.A.P.G. in the parent group. So she told me about it, but I still, like, for some reason, I always kept my distance. So I didn't really attend my first fair event until 2020. And basically from the people I met there and everything, I really wanted to get involved. It was something that surprised me because it's nice to speak to people who understand what you're going through and know like how weird it is that you're so jumpy when the water is cold or things like that. Yeah, having people who know exactly what you're experiencing. Yes. We've heard that so many times. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Jennifer and things that you like and goals that you have. We'd love to just hear about you and all the exciting things that are going on in your life. Well, I recently just published my first Congratulations. Thank you. It's called My Unexpected Life, Finding Balance Beyond My Diagnosis. And it's basically a coming-of-age story about me after I was diagnosed with FA. So from 16 to 27, and kind of the journey I went on because I was very isolated and knew virtually no one at that point with FM. So at what point in, in your life did you get this idea of making a book out of your story? Well, I've always loved writing. My BA is in English, actually. So I always kind of had it in my mind. And then about nine years ago, I had to stop working. And I was just sick of like sitting around and 
watching TV and playing on my Kindle and things like that. So I was like, well, I'm going to take a class and see if I can learn how to write. So I just decided to do that. Wow. And for those listeners out there who want to find your book, what's the best way that they can find it or get some more information on it? It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble, and it's available on paperback, hardback, or ebook. And you can get the ebook on uh, again Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or Apple Books, or Kobo, or There's tons of smaller platforms that it's also available on. Awesome. So lots of ways to find it and read it. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. After writing that book and the journey that you've been on, what are some things that F.A. has taught you? Well, I think definitely one of the things is to not take too much for granted and to be happy, or at least try to be happy the way that I am Mm -hmm. and not necessarily feel like I have to change anything, Mm -hmm. that I'm fine. Is there anything that you feel like I haven't asked you that you want to share with our listeners or anything that I might have missed? I'm just really excited about the book. I think, you know, I think it's going to be a good learning lesson for people who don't know what Friedrich is. But I also just think it would be a good example for anyone who's struggling with finding their own acceptance and self-love. That's beautiful. Well, I know that I'm excited to get a hold of it and to read it. So thank you for taking your story and and sharing it with everybody. And I know that it's going to benefit a lot of, a lot of people. I hope so. I believe it will. I, I think had I had a book like this to read when I was going through it, that It may have scared me, part of it, honestly, parts of it may have scared me, Mm -hmm. but it also would have made me feel not so alone Mm -hmm. and ashamed of a lot of the TMI information (laughs) that's in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. And, uh, you know, I encourage all of our listeners to check it out and, and to read and to learn, so... I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening to spend it with us. It was so great to learn about you and wish you the best of luck with everything. Thank you. Of course. Finally, we spoke with Michael, a college student. Michael tells us about his college experiences and challenges. He also shares how his family gives back to the FA community through their annual fundraising soiree event. Well, first off, I want to welcome you, Michael, to PTC's Insightful Moments, My Vibe. Thank Thank you you so much for being here today. 
Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I'd love to start by just asking you to introduce yourself and telling us a little bit about you. All right. My name is Michael Gare. I go to school in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm from Edmond, Oklahoma. I am 23 years old. It should be my last year in college. Don't do the math and find out how many years I've been there, please. So I'd love to kind of get started by talking a little bit about where we are. So we are at a fair event. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience and, you know, kind of how you got involved in the community and what brought you here today. Sure. So in fifth grade, during a camping trip, during a school trip, I was having a bit of trouble keeping up with the class. And my parents were notified by the teachers that, you know, you should get your kid checked out or whatever mm-hmm. appropriate terminology you want to use. And my parents were kind of just thinking like, oh, you know, we were clumsy. He's going through puberty. Eric, my father, is tall. So, you know, they were thinking all kinds of things about that, that it was probably not a big deal. But eventually they were like, oh, maybe we gotta, you know, get this kid checked out. So sure enough, I was sent to a neurologist. They did lots of tests. And based on how I did in those tests, the doctor diagnosed me with Charcomer tooth. That was a misdiagnosis. Four years later, that same neurologist was like, mm, you're progressing a little faster than we kind of might have thought. So she gave me a blood test and came back that I had Friedrich's ataxia, FA. So basically, I remember sitting in the parking lot of a kind of local restaurant. And my dad went to the doctor's office to get, you know, the news. And he got it and he told me about it. And he said, it's called Friedrich's ataxia. Don't Google it. So I Googled it and, you know, I was devastated, right? But basically, we decided to kind of throw everything we had at this. This was in January of 2016 that I was diagnosed. So I joined a clinical trial a couple months later. That was a really great experience. My family and I were planning to host fundraiser in, I think, November, and then it got pushed February of 17, and eventually it was like April or something of 17, and it was a screening of the movie The Attackstan, and Kyle came on down. It was a lot of fun. We had, I think, 300 or so people there, and we raised, I think, 30-something thousand dollars for Farrah, so that was... That was fun. That was the beginning of my involvement. So I'd like to go back to, you know, when your parents, I think it sounds like first noticed from that camp individual that something might not be right. Can you talk about kind of some of those symptoms that they noticed back then? And then over time, what symptoms sometimes we see with FA? I think they were some of the first developing ones usually. I shouldn't say that. Some people have scoliosis, and that's what gets them Mm. checked out. But, I mean, like, mostly gait issues. Maybe some with coordination, bad handwriting, stuff like that. But probably mostly gait issues, just 
walking funny. Yeah. <laughs> was the first thing they were like, uh, maybe. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. We're here and we're surrounded by people who know what FA is, right? Mm-hmm. When talking to people that don't know what that is, how do you explain it to someone who maybe has never heard of the words Friedrich's ataxia? So I'm going to give you a couple different yeah. uh, versions of this. So the first question I will ask if they're an adult is, do you know muscular dystrophy? And if they say yes, I say it's kind of like that, but it's much more rare. And there are some more advanced symptoms, but it's, you know, similar to that loss of control is the main thing. If they say no, I just really go straight into loss of control is the main thing. I may hit on a couple of other symptoms like fatigue, difficulties with balance, and some weakness. I guess those are the four main issues I feel like I face. Yeah. If they're a kid, (laughs) and this happened to me, I guess, a year ago, one of my young cousins who's about four or five asked me why I was in a wheelchair or whatever, and I was frankly pretty proud of the answer I gave, which was, well, you know how when you tell your body to do something, it happens. Mine does not. It does not do what I want it to do. And I felt like that was a pretty good answer. That is a good answer. Yeah, that's an answer to be proud of. And I think it, you know, for a kid, you know, obviously it's really hard for them probably to to understand. Right. But it's a very concrete answer that they can probably understand. Yeah, that's a hope. So you talk about fatigue, and we hear a lot within the FA community that that is a big thing. So for those who might not understand, you know, I feel like a lot of people hear the word fatigue. What does that mean in the context of FA, and how do you experience that fatigue? It's just a lot of being tired all the time. Mm -hmm. One of the things recently that's been frustrating for me is just feeling like I'm wasting time. And I'll get tired because of all of the effort that I'm extending doing something that would take somebody else, you know, a very short amount of time. Let's talk about college. I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of what that experience is like for you. It's been great, but interesting. I am very happy to be able to go to college I'm happy to be able to live on my own and do things on my own. I take care of myself, (laughs) maybe not in a great way all of the time, but at least I do it. I'm super happy to be where I am. But I will say that FA is a very difficult disease, disability, whatever you want to call it, to accommodate for in an academic setting. So, for example, if you if you have someone who just can't write, and that's their only problem, they can think fine, but they just can't write, how do you accommodate for that? If there's a test with some multiple choice questions, I can answer those totally fine and adequately quickly. But if it includes or heavily features some, you know, short answer essay questions, then it might take me a little more time or 
you know, math questions where you have to show your work might take me a little more time. So in general, my university's response and my accommodations are double time on everything, which is somewhat adequate. I'm not entirely sure what the best accommodations are. I don't necessarily want to go to triple time because if I have a two-hour final, that's six hours that I have to spend sitting there working on a test. I don't really want to have to be telling a scribe exactly what to do, especially if it's math. I want it to look how I want it to look. If it's some essay, maybe some of that is adequate, but I just, I don't know, and I need to get it figured out somewhat. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I thank you for sharing those, and I hope that your university and other universities, you know, really take that feedback from you all and and implement some changes, because I think that that's something that you all deserve in your education. So I would love to ask next about At events like this, you know, we hear about a lot of research that's being done in the FA community. Can you talk a little bit about what that means to you and any words for like researchers that are looking for treatments for FA, what that means? It's just super meaningful. And the FA community is amazing in its unification, as you know, and it's really awesome. And I think it's great for researchers who see what this community can be and some of the things that we'll do for them. Farah really is on their side. Farah is on our side and it's on their side. It's a really amazing entity and it they, they help a lot of people. Yeah, I know that I love coming to these events and meeting the community and it really is so special to see right. that unity and you know, everybody coming together for a similar goal, which I think is just so great. Tell me a little bit about you. Who's Michael? What does Michael like to do? Don't entirely know the answer to that. I feel like a lot of my identity has become F.A. That's not to say that it's entirely F.A. at all, but I feel like that really... I mean, it does It does make me who I am as a person because you have to look at all aspects of a person to decide who they are. But other than F.A., Michael likes music. He likes numbers. But with F.A., Michael and his family host fairly big fundraiser in uh, Edmond, Oklahoma. That's, this will be our seventh year. And it's always a blast putting that on. It's a lot of work. (laughs) And we definitely know how to stress each other out. But it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. That's awesome. And can you explain? So, you know, you explained that you like music. And I know that the event has to do with music. So can you explain to listeners who might not know about your event or they might want to learn more? Can you explain kind of what the event is, how the ideas came up, and how they could find out more information. Sure. So my my parents met in a singing group in college. They were at Penn State University. 
they did many international songs and and that's where they met. So it was no surprise that they really kind of had two musical children. But then, you know, then one of them gets diagnosed with F.A. And F.A., of course, you know, does impact your vocal control, I guess, to just go back to that word. So there is something to be said for my loss of vocal control. I don't really feel like I'm as good of a singer as I once was. Certainly not good enough to do it at the event. (laughs) So, but the event, after we hosted the screening of the Ataxian in 2017, my parents and I were thinking that we wanted to get something established. And we didn't entirely know what. We wanted to know that it wanted to be music somehow. So eventually we came up with, we knew it wanted to include Cure FA also. A friend of ours suggested the word soiree in there somewhere because it rhymes. <laughs> so that's what we decided on, the Cure FA soiree. And Kyle Bryant's quote is life's about how you react and so our tagline the event's tagline is react with music and the website for the soiree is curefasoiree.org so soiree is s-o-i-r-e-e so it's a lot of fun check it out for sure I've heard great things about it. I'd love to learn in a few words, what are your thoughts on what has F.A. taught you? It's taught me some patience, but it continues to teach me patience. It has decided that my current level of patience is inadequate, so I should apparently have more. Uh, So it, it continues to burden me with patience. And acceptance, I guess, would be the two things. Yeah, thanks for sharing those. I want to know if there's anything that you feel like I've left out or that you want the community to know. This is kind of your spot to to share anything that you want to share. I do not really think so. Okay. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for doing this with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Insightful Moments My Vibe and for supporting voices within the rare disease community. Thank you as well to everyone who shared their story on today's episode. Please visit our website at www.ptcinsightfulmoments.com for more stories and resources. If any of the stories resonated with you today, please let us know by leaving a review wherever you are listening or by sharing the show with a friend. I'm Emily Heinz, and this has been Insightful Moments My Vibe from PTC Therapeutics.